When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson and I am joined, as always, on the other line. She signed exactly as many players as the Miami Hurricanes today. It's Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? How was your signing day? Signing day was, uh, you know, boring. The least stressful signing day you've ever had? Ever, 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 yep. Um, we are talking, we're recording it's uh, six, a little after 6 p.m. on Wednesday, National Signing Day, which um, was easily the least exciting National Signing Day that I can remember. I've only been doing this as a job for so many years, but I've always loved Signing Day, even like going back to when I was in high school watching the ESPNU coverage of it. Um, obviously, that is because of the early signing period. Um, Miami did not sign a single high school player today, which was not surprising coming into the day. We didn't expect it. We talked last week about why that's not a big deal. They already signed 25 guys in December, um, have a top 10 class in the country, um, number one class in the ACC. Um, 25 is traditionally the number you take in a class. So they were just kind of done. Obviously, they wanted to get Cormani McLean. We talked a few weeks ago about him flipping to Colorado. They had like that uh, slim glimmer of hope that maybe they could get Nicholas Harbor to come down for a visit at some point and really get into that sweepstakes. Uh, he never made it down to South Florida, though. He ends up signing with South Carolina today. They made a late little run at Jamel Howard, uh, kind of under the radar defensive tackle outside the top 1,000 in the national rankings. Um, from the Midwest, he ends up uh, going back to Wisconsin where he was previously committed. So Miami goes like 0 for 2, but like not really, right? Like they're, those Right, are not like, really. Not really. So, we didn't. Not a big deal. Um, there's really not a lot to talk about. I guess we could talk about how good their class was even without doing anything today. Yeah, I mean, they're close. David, their class. Um, I don't even know where the numbers finish. You've been tracking yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, well, actually, I have to check again. <laughs> I mean, it keeps changing, obviously. A couple more guys. Are, I think Deuce. Yeah, Robinson didn't I mean, sign today, right? That could change things. Um, uh, I better check again. But let, you know, let, last month, um, after the early signing period, they were number three in the on three any ESPN rankings, and um, number four in two four seven sports, and number five in rivals. Mm -hmm. And as of Wednesday, uh, they were ranked fifth by ESPN, sixth by on three, and seventh by rivals in two four seven sports. And and uh, and I'll have to actually check that again a little yeah, bit later. i've got 24 sevens up there's still seventh there so um, you're, you're checking Tony. So you should yeah okay so yeah they're they're still going to wind up at the top 10 class um as we talked about last week this is the way college football is now um what we went through only five of the top 100 recruits in the 24 7 composite rankings were unsigned entering the day um even fewer obviously uncommitted um, Andrew Ivins from 24-7, um, he did a 
com- like compiled it all and said 95% of the blue chip recruits were um, already signed going uh, into the uh, going into national signing day. So there was just not a lot, obviously, that Miami could add to the class. They clearly prioritized uh, some transfer stuff, um, announced a couple of those guys today, right? Uh, Matt Lee, Terry uh, yeah. Roberts, who else? Cam McCormick, they announced, um, and Branson Dean. So um, they could announce something. Uh, obviously, transfers don't sign national letters of intent like that. A lot of them are already on campus. So um, there's not a whole lot to say other than college football has changed. We'll see if it changes again. Um, you know, these things always go in cycles. But this year, it certainly was like a situation where there was not a lot um, to be done between now and January. Yeah, uh, for sure. It was it's just the whole um the whole face of recruiting it's so different it's so weird i mean yeah national signing day this was so big like you said yeah it used to be january was the big visit season right it was everyone was trying to oh, yeah. every weekend miami had one weekend with visitors this weekend this year basically and now it's that rush between uh thanksgiving and it's a december is the hectic period right where yeah the season and everybody and Everybody always wanted that last one in 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 January. And, yeah, now and you want that last one on like January or on December eighteenth or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So I would say it was very strange. I, 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 I kind of like that it was quiet and it was crazy before. And I guess it'll, I guess it'll continue like that, right? You think? Yeah, it's gonna be interesting because um, some kids like it's what who has the leverage, right? It's the schools or the. Uh, players have the leverage and like a guy like Nicholas Harbour is I think I said this last week could afford to wait or Corvani McLean even better example could afford to wait because like Miami's not gonna like pass on him right like he he could wait he Correct. could wait until July 3rd and say all right I'm gonna go wherever and, and the school will figure it out for him um but yeah. uh for the like three and four star guys like the lower four star guys like where it's a lot of like preference and, and, you know, maybe you, you'll take a guy who's ranked lower than another guy, or, or you'll take just kind of whoever commits first and locks in just to make sure you have it. Um, those guys, there's, there's always, there's going to be pressure because they don't have leverage from the school, but, or they don't have the leverage on the school, but some guys have leverage over the school. And I, I have to think this is as extreme as it will get. Like I said, 95% and, 95% of the top 100 already signed. Like that's a, that's a, obviously a huge number. Crazy, right? Um, yeah. But I, I don't think it's gonna, unless they get rid of the early signing period, which I know some coaches would like because of how hard it is to recruit um, while the season's going, you know, I think coaches right. like to have January is recruiting season. Like fall right. is football season. December is bowl season and playoff season. January is recruiting season. Um, but as long as it's like this, uh, I mean, it's still going to be like 90% of the guys worth noting every year are going to be signed early. Yep. And I just checked and it's, everything's the same. Fifth, yeah. the UM's class is now number five by ESPN, number six by on three and number seven by rivals and two, four, seven sports. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a great yeah. year. I and mean, most of the powers, I mean, like, I don't remember seeing Al- <laughs> anyone pick Alabama today. I don't remember anyone picking Clemson today, right? right? Like they're, we a couple of guys here and there, but for the most part, like Miami is not an outlier at all and not having anyone signed. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Uh, bigger topic today is the situation of Miami's offensive coordinator. We recorded last week, uh, Thursday night and about 12 hours later. Uh, Miami expires part ways, whatever you want to put it with Josh Gaddis, uh, after just one season as offensive coordinator. Uh, we did talk last week about the, you know, that we kind of thought it was coming. Um, yeah. at some yeah. point, the only the question was when, um, so obviously neither of us are surprised that this happened. Um, yeah. but now Miami, um, begins a very, very important moment here for Mario Cristobal. Obviously, he's not going to be on the hot seat, I think, no matter what happens next year. So, like, I think I've seen some people say, like, this is the biggest moment of Mario's tenure. This is the biggest hire he's going to have. Like, in some ways, yes, because last year was a disaster, and they got to totally fix the offense, like, kind of from scratch in some ways. Obviously, they, they think they've got a good quarterback. But um, at uh, in the other way, like, it's – He's going to probably, if this goes high or goes well, he's going to have to hire another offensive coordinator one day. So um, I, I guess what, I don't want to get too much into specific names. I think it's a little too early to really like dive into who exactly is going to be the targets. Alabama, we should note, is also currently trying to hire an offensive coordinator. Um, and, you know, Mario and Saban obviously have some similar philosophies and have coached together. So like, they're going to be, even if not necessarily looking at the exact same list of guys, I'm sure there'll be some overlap in the type of guys they are targeting. Yeah. Um, so I want to go kind of broader and more philosophical. What does Miami need in this next offensive coordinator? What, what sh- not who should they be looking for? What should they be looking for? Well, I think they need someone who will serve a dual role which is a conventional way to do it uh who is somebody who's the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach i think um you know frank ponce being the quarterbacks coach and he Mm -hmm. left as we know to go back to app state and become the offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. i think there was a disconnect between him and um you know and and gaddis yeah, I, two guys who never think, worked together. We should like. Yeah, I've, I said it a lot. Should, I felt- yeah, I think it's better when they're when it's one person. I do. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I think that. And then if that happened, uh, I Gaddis served as the receivers coach too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they could get like a separate receivers coach. Um, Right. I, I, I just, I think they need the one person who does both. It seems uh, to me. I, I, and, and, and what else are they looking for? They're looking, I mean, Gaddis always wanted to running the running game was super important to him. You know, they wanted mm-hmm. to have that, that uh, whatever they call, whatever they do, the like, kind of a conventional offense power, like a spread, offense, power spread a power yeah. spread a, like a conventional 
kind of an NFL kind of offense, and yet they still, I don't know. I I I know you and I think the same. We like when they throw it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and when they have a lot of ton of receivers on the field, and that's what you know, colleges do nowadays. Uh Mario is wants to make sure there's a strong running game. I don't blame them. I mean, yeah. running. Well, and we should say their offensive line on paper could be oh, really, really good next yeah, year. Yeah, we should say that. I, I <laughs> That offensive line is going to make, hopefully, a huge difference. Yeah. And so maybe some people will be able to run behind that, mm-hmm. and maybe some kids like Travante Citizen will be healed. I, I'm not sure. Uh you know, healed enough to 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 now play and 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 actually, they had so many injuries. You know, uh, they I know they signed some good Mark Fletcher, right? Yeah, Mark and, Fletcher, I, I think will help right away in yeah, some capacity. I mean, I mean he's not going to start probably. No, but, but they'll but hopefully they'll be able to run a little. Um, yeah, it's got to be somebody who gets along very well. I wasn't sure about Gaddis. How from what I had heard, how much the players. <sighs> felt strongly about him or felt connected yeah. to him. Felt well, I will say it also, um, you know, if they were winning, I'm sure they'd feel better about him, right? It was, yeah. it's kind of like a self fulfilling prophecy in some ways. But yeah, yeah. I, 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 so I, 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 should, I guess we should say a couple of things. One, I, like Gaddis was doing a lot of the stuff that my Mario wants him to do, right? Like that's, we've talked about that a million times. Like Miami under Mario Cristobal. Like, they would like to look like what Michigan looks like, right? Like, what they look like now, where they are a run-heavy team, the quarterback can make a couple throws, really good offensive line. Um, You know, I mean, you look at their offensive line next year, and they could have, like, four future NFL, four or five future NFL guys on that line. Like, that would go a long way um, to the point where you could bring Josh Gaddis back next year, have him do the exact same thing, and the offense would be a lot better. Like, I I feel very confident about that. so, I, I, yeah, we sh- like the offense is only going to change so much at the same time. Um, I just think the offense to me, I think, I mean, we like you said, we both like spread offenses in college football. Um, I think the quarterback play really, really struggled. And I know the excuse will be, oh, Tyler was hurt and we had to start Jakari Brown and Jake Garcia, but. Um, Jake Garcia, who is this big, big time recruit, did not look anything like, you know, we obviously didn't see him play in big spots before last year, uh-huh. but did not look like a guy who was at one point thought of as maybe the best quarterback recruit in the country or way up there. Um, and Tyler Van Dyke was good in the North Carolina game. That was, I think, a, a talking point that Mario used a handful of times, but like they did bench him against middle Tennessee because he was bad. Like, so, um, whatever it was that went wrong. And I, I think you're on to something with the um, the quarterback, coach, and offensive coordinator responsibilities uh, being divided. And not just divided, but divided between two guys who did not have a working relationship before last year, I think has a lot to do with it. But I think also, like, a, a better scheme, a more creative scheme, a, a more aggressive scheme, honestly, more throws on first down. Um, like that helps a quarterback a lot. And I I don't think, I mean, it's, I said it a couple of times that Mario, it's a tricky spot he was in last year in some ways, because the offense that he wants to run long-term is kind of similar to what Josh Gaddis was 
running, but it was definitely not the offense best suited to last year's team. And it was like, it was a, you know, a real philosophical question is, do you run the offense best for a team in this specific year, knowing that next year you're going to probably have to change that offense again? Or do you just start implementing your system, your philosophies, even if it's to the detriment of last year's team? Um, Now, at the same time, I think, I think like, just whatever whatever tack I, they opted to take, and they clearly took the latter, right. um, it wasn't good enough. I don't think you ever do anything to the detriment of the current team. That's my opinion. I think they did, and I think that was the idea. Uh, I yeah, don't know that for yeah. sure, but I, I think they wanted to start getting to the Mario Cristobal philosophy. Right. I mean, you, and you saw them change throughout the year, right? Like the North Carolina game. Yeah, they did. Swung around, and it worked a lot yeah. better. Yep. Yeah, I... I, you have to you have to play to your team's strengths. Yeah, I mean, they they they're not going to be there forever. Those kids, and I, you know, it's the nature. It's not like they're going to be there for for a long long mm-hmm. time. And you've got to I, you got to see what you have, and then and then mold your team to that. I mean, that doesn't mean you have to totally change your offense, but, um, I mean Tyler Van Dyke. The year before, and I, I and I know he got in. He was injured, and and I yeah. I think that was misplayed too. The way UM did it, yeah. Personally. And I don't I, think that's Josh Gaddis's fault. And I don't I don't care how much they said he's fine. He's fine. Come on, if 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 someone like who's not a professional medical person could realize right away that all he has to do is get hit in the shoulder once and he's done. I mean, if I, I like, how could they? I don't know. Mm-hmm. How could they not have realized yeah. that? I, I think he he came back in too soon, so, uh, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens with Gaddis Gaddis's replacement. Um, I know that Mario was really into Gaddis. You know, he won the Broyles Award. Remember that? And during during Morris, yeah, I will say Mario. I don't know how much he actually cared. Like, I don't know if that was. He cares about the Broyles Award, but he likes being able to talk I, about stuff like the Broyles uh, Award. Yeah. Right? I mean, he talked about that a lot. Hey, I got guys that he was good enough to win the yeah. Broyles Award. Yeah, so. guys who were good in other places. So, I mean, that's yeah. So, I think uh, I think he's going to go for I, a big name in some capacity. Like, it's not like he's going to try to take yeah. a guy from uh, who's like a hot shot, like offensive wizard at like a lower level school and say all right we're going to give you your shot here at miami i think you know I, I just no one like yeah. twitter or whatever miami fans you know scott frost's his name has been thrown around right i've even seen dan mullen's name thrown around honestly dan mullen <laughs> I, I, I think dan mullen being an offensive awesome offensive <laughs> coordinator um and would really fit with mario's philosophies with like the run heavy stuff um and man he would be really good with jakari brown i'm kind of talking myself into the dan mullen thing um, but I think, I think it's like right to kind of throw around these big names because I think that's what they're going to go for. Uh, I agree. That's, I, I think that'll happen too. Uh, other than, other than Mario, if he goes for somebody that maybe is not a big name, I don't I, everything's relative, what you call a big name, yeah, yeah. but like, but it's somebody he knows, somebody he worked with or something. He, you know, obviously I, yeah. Marcus Arroyo is another one who has been mentioned um who was obviously uh worked with him at oregon and, and had been the coach at unlv the last couple of years did not work out there at unlv he was fired uh late last year but 
I mean, I talked, I've talked a lot about how I, I didn't like how it was like this, I don't want to say mercenary thing, but it was guys who had not really worked together. I, I think there is something to be said for guys working together, um, oh, having experience working with each other. Definitely. And one thing we know about Mario is he takes his time. So yeah, they're not going to rush it. Yeah, he takes his time. So we especially we, now, you know, like and in, in sometimes you'd be rushing for the signing day or whatever. But uh, the fact that there was no one to worry about for signing day meant they could uh, fire their offensive coordinator five days before signing day and like right. it not be a big deal. And now the only thing that we and this is a great segue to our next segment. Maybe if this was what you want to do for the next segment, but, uh, you know, it, it would be good if he had somebody by March 4th, which we learned this week is the opening day of spring practice. Okay? I feel confident they will have someone by March 4th. Okay. Well, that's good because March 4th is spring practice begins and we reported that uh, and it ends April 14th, we learned, um, with the spring game. Uh, at what's it DRV Pink Stadium? Yeah, Drive Where, Pink Stadium, I believe, is how it is pronounced. Oh, Drive, Drive. Sorry about that. Drive Pink Stadium. Anyway, it's the same place they had it last year. The old. Uh, I think they were very happy with how it worked there last year. Is the sense I yeah, got? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was fun. You know, it was and very that, good and- size for a spring game. Centrally located, Broward County, right? You get people from all over South Florida great. there. Yeah, really great, and. The, the the as i said the twist this year is it's on a friday night uh they didn't say the time but i think it's going to be it'll be yeah, it's, it'll be friday obviously it'll be friday night they're not going to play their spring game at friday noon night. on a friday yeah it's gonna be friday night uh april 14th it will be televised by uh the acc network which is how they're ACC network is like organizing everything. They're yeah, there have been a lot of, there are a lot of spring games this year, like weeknight. I think the Gators are on Thursday night uh, and it's all, obviously it's all driven by TV stuff so that the uh, yeah, exactly. ACC network, so, SEC network, ESPN, you can show as many as possible. Right. That's, that's what will happen. So that's kind of, so we know that and we'll have the offensive coordinator hopefully by then. And, uh, and they, and UM also announced, well, the ACC also announced the football schedule um this week so for for this fall so we we know the schedule um i don't know what do you think of the schedule i'm not so i'm not what like, you thrilled. don't you don't like that eight in a row to end the year it's not even the eight in a row i okay so we knew that they were going to start with four uh non-conference games we knew that yep and we know that one of them is texas a&m and uh <laughs> even though it's a the SEC, Texas A&M finished two and six in the ACC last year and five and seven overall. Mm-hmm. No one could have known that, but it's still, come on, it's still Texas A&M. Yeah, yeah. It's not. One of the most talented not, rosters in the country. They just hired Bobby Petrino. Like they should be better than they were last year. Right. Now, I, the, so they're, so, okay. So they have eight in a row. I, one thing I don't like is, um, their bye week again wasn't it early last year i believe it's it was early. the same one i think it was it's, after after week four last year also yeah well i'm not sure but but it's after week four it's after um the temple game uh so they have two weeks after the temple game they have a bye week that's their only bye mm-hmm. technically official bye week the next weekend september 30th that's a saturday by saturday and then they start georgia tech and i mean 
Okay, they have two weeks to prepare for Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, I don't know how they're going to be this year, but they were five. Okay, but um, five and five and seven. So it's not like you have two weeks to prepare for whatever, North Carolina or something. And then I don't like, and then it's eight games in a row um, at Clemson and then, uh, excuse me, at North Carolina, after Georgia Tech, at North Carolina, and then Clemson. So those are two tough games right in a row. North Carolina, Clemson, fine. Okay. Uh, I don't, the last three out of four games, David, are on the road. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it starts with at Florida State, November 11th. Then Louisville is November 18th and at Boston College. Oh, at, oh man, I'm sorry. November 4th at North Carolina State at NC State, November 4th, at Florida State the next week, Louisville at home for the last home game, and then at Boston College on November 25th when, okay, I know I'm the the weather person, but it's cold. It is cold on November 25th. So you've got three out of four away games. The last one is, they'll be able to deal with the cold, but it's still, it's, it's, I don't know. I just don't think it's, and they have, I thought it was fascinating that they have four Saturdays, uh, four Saturdays off, four. Yeah. Because they That's have two the crazy Friday. thing about the schedule, yeah. They have two Friday games. The Selfishly, first I game, love that. Yeah, I love it too. The first <laughs> Friday, <laughs> the first Friday, September 1st, right, is uh, they play Miami of Ohio, Miami the Miami, Miami Bowl. <laughs> the Miami Bowl, right. And um ah, I figured this out. And that's on a Friday. And then the yep. last game against Boston College. Yeah, the day after Thanksgiving. They're in the Friday. It's the day after yeah. exactly. It's the day after Thanksgiving, right? And, and then, then we were talked have... a couple of weeks ago. The Bethune Cookman game is a weeknight game as well. Oh, the Bethune Cookman game, right. It's a Thursday. So that gives you a Friday. What's the fourth one? That's well, the bye one, week. Two. And the bye week. And the bye week. So it's kind of a crazy i don't know and then i tweeted this out i figured it out and tweeted it i have to find my tweet i thought this was interesting let me find it let me find it okay oh no okay i figured out their first hold on i'm retweeting um stuff here okay okay i promise to me, the the, the tough here part is, is here. Is it. Wait, wait! I found it. I found it. All right, sorry, I'm starting to stall. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys. Okay, so I just got the three of four, le- three of last four games on the road. Okay, uh, four open Saturdays, seven of twelve opponents with losing records in this past season. Seven uh, of twelve. Here it is: a combined 2022 record for the first opponents, 21 and 39. Okay, their first. Uh, Five opponents were 21 and 39. Yeah. Their last seven opponents were 52 and 37. Yes. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that's all interesting. Of that. They got to pile up wins early because, like you said, it gets tough down the stretch. Um, have to. Yeah. What? Basically I, starting, I think Clemson's October 21st. From there, it's pretty tough. Yeah. And North Carolina, no? Uh, when is the North Carolina uh, game? The week before Clemson. Oh, is it the week and before? On, yeah. So you're right. It's, it's on, that. It's on the yeah. road. So October come... 14th. Yeah, you go at UNC versus Clemson. Home yeah. against Virginia. Should be better, but they were bad last year. 
Then at NC State, at Florida State versus Louisville, who is, you know, probably should be a bowl team at least. Right. Um, and then you finish at Boston College, which, which should be a win. But that's hard Friday after Thanksgiving on the road. It could be. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Pretty tough. Yeah. So. so that's their, that's the, that's my take on that schedule. Mm-hmm. But still, seven to 12 against teams with the losing records, that's, could be worse. Got to make a bowl game, but you got to win. You got to win those early games. Um, all right. I think we can close <laughs> things out there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. Um, follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson, too. Uh, I'll be uh, up in Broward County for most of the week for NHL All Star stuff, which should be fun. So, um, really fun. Check out uh, Miami Herald for our coverage of that. Or if, or if you're out there, look out for me and say hi or whatever. Um, Get his autograph. Get his autograph. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you guys uh, a little bit later. Bye.